they're searching for the next Elle Woods. And so it's a reality show though. So there's of course things where people get eliminated and you have to sing. And there's this one clip and I will most likely find it for these show notes where Seth Rodesky is making these girls run on a treadmill and sing the highest note in the show on pitch. And it is like, talk about what my theater nightmares and dreams and aspirations were all at once. And welcome to episode 23 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your Glee Club's production of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. I'm talking Google. I'm talking Apple. I'm talking Spotify. I'm talking Stitcher. <laughs> That's right, Taylor. And we would love for you all to share our podcast with all of your theater-loving friends, neighbors, dog walkers, babysitters, and anyone else you run oh, into. Friends, family, you know, even even your teachers, whatever, everyone, everyone. Your, your everyone. law professor, teachers, uh, wink, wink. Um, wink, wink. Absolutely. If you guys, uh, you know, don't mind, leave us a star rating and a review because that does help the podcast and the numbers go up. So leave us a review and a star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear from you guys as well. Um, to find out more about the Theater Nerd Cult, check us out, of course, at theaternerdpod.com. Or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing Legally Blonde, the musical, A Deep Dive. All right, guys, here we are back on our fifth deep dive of the show with which we were just talking about Rachel this is you haven't done a deep dive since our first deep dive our wicked deep dive where have you been <laughs> where where have I been I've been steamrolled no. steamrolled oh, by the goodness. phantom and swing awakening <laughs> and Sutton Foster honestly the best kind of steamroll honestly I love that kind of steamroll for me that sounds good um so today Rachel will be surprising me with a show that will we'll talk about uh you guys already know what the show is because it's in the in the episode (laughs) but I do not know what it is it's you know we're recording this on fourth of July so that's fun a fun day off that is fun we're getting rest hopefully um yeah well sort of we're getting rest while we while we sit here and chat about this this musical so let's hope that she doesn't spill how much I already spilled (laughs) it You missed it because my microphone almost went in the tea earlier. (laughs) Guys, I just need you all to know that I am a mess of a human in like the most lovely way. But also I just for some reason can't keep the liquids that I often bring to my table in the mugs in which I or the containers in which I bring them to the table. 
Um, so it just, it's a constant threat and it's hard when you're working with technology because you have liquids and technology yeah. right there. They don't mesh. They don't mesh. They don't really go together. <laughs> She's Rachel Where is just, the musical version of that? That's Rachel is just like Mrs. Potts. She, she spills the tea. <laughs> <laughs> I would die. I would love to be Mrs. Potts. I mean, no, you just want to, you want to be Mrs. Potts so you can get with Cogsworth. It's so true. Yes, that she this. ends up with Cogsworth. Yeah. <sighs> wonderful. Man. Well, I'm excited. You know, I'm I'm uh hopefully I'll have some things to say about this musical, but I think you will. Okay, cool. So yeah. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to Theater Nerds. You know, welcome. follow us on social media. Go and do that. Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, all those places. We'd love to connect with you guys uh, on there as well. Uh, every now and then on the podcast, Rachel and I um, pick a show we want to deep dive. We're diving in very deep. We're not wearing our floaties. We're going in. and um, we From just, the diving board. From the diving board. That's right. That's right. And we surprise each other um, with a show to, to talk about. Uh, so it's really fun. It's a fun way. The past... Well, the, the Spring Awakening one was one we did together, but the Sutton one mm-hmm. was a fun surprise. So That was a fun surprise. Ooh, a true surprise. Aww. I'm excited to talk about, you know, this whatever show we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, I'm going to try and play this clip on my phone okay. and to the microphone so you can hear it. Someone literally, someone who wears black when nobody uh, did. Girls, I have a amazing oh i love this show i was was so inspired because today as we're recording is the fourth of july and yesterday i saw someone with a jennifer coolidge shirt that says i want a hot dog real bad and that just made me think about a musical we should definitely talk about which is legally blonde the musical you know it would be so fun if if they did the first ever i don't know if it would be the first ever but the first ever ever sequel musical a legally blonde to the musical oh i'm just saying it could be super fun i'm ready yeah, yeah. so yeah. legally blonde the musical so uh is a musical based off of the movie Legally Blonde. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of subtext and culture here. If you haven't seen the movie Legally Blonde, what do you wow. Mean? How? How have you how have you gone this far? It was on ABC <laughs> Family for so long. Like reruns and reruns. Um, um Taylor, do you want to tell people on, what the plot is? Well, it's not currently on any streaming platform, so you would have to rent it, but I'd say it's worth the four dollars. I just gotta say I think I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it for you and your cultural relevance. Yeah. If you haven't. Um, so Legally Blonde is actually originally based on a book, uh, the novel, 2001 novel of the same name. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yeah, but Legally Blonde, the movie also, um, just for some context, came out in 2001, of course, starring the wonderful Reese Witherspoon, iconic um, film has spun off, spinoff, you know, the Legally Blonde movie, which we don't talk about. And then hopefully a, a third one coming up that's going to be um, written by Mindy Kaling. So excited about that. But- Crazy amazing um so legally blonde you know the movie and the musical is based on this uh girl named Elle woods who is 
so amazing. She <laughs> is uh, a part of a sorority called Delta Nu in, mm-hmm. I, I assume, like LA, I guess. San Francisco, Delta right? Or California. Maybe she's California. in LA. Somewhere in California. Yeah, somewhere in California. And she's dating this rich guy named Warner Huntington III. And um, I think it's Warner Huntington, right? Yeah, it is. No, you're right. I just love how you said it. Warner Huntington III. Oh, the third. You got to add the third in there. Yeah, of course. And. Oh, good. She's um, at UCLA. So, yes. UCLA. UCLA. Yes. yes. And um, she she basically thinks she's going to get engaged to him. And then he ends up breaking up with her and running away to uh, Harvard Law School. And um, hijinks ensue. And she hijinks <laughs> ensue with her dog Bruiser, and she ends up um, following him to Harvard Law School, getting into law school. Um, you know, pushing back on all the odds that she's this blonde, ditzy girl that can't get into law school, but she really defies all the odds and gets into law school. And then, honestly, like the plot goes on from there of her just like everyone underestimating her and then she just defies everyone's expectations and meets this other character with the help of with the help of Emmett um Forrest um which incredibly originally played by Christian Borrell Elle Woods originally played by Laura Bell Bundy on Broadway um she meets her friend Paulette in the salon and then she in the musical she has her delta new chorus um friends from ucla that they're kind of like ghost figures at first and then they Mm -hmm. come it's just so great so and and then um she ends up working on this big trial and then uh all these amazing things happen so it's it's such a fun fun show and you guys there is a filmed version i'm sure we'll talk about it but we'll link that Mm -hmm. in the below um so you guys can watch it if you haven't seen it but it's so it's so fun so fun. Thank yeah. you. That Yes, that's the plot. So the Legally Blonde musical is obviously a similar, very similar plot as the movie. Uh, there are some minor changes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the music and lyrics by Lawrence O'Keefe and Neil Benjamin and book by Heather Hotch. And um, yeah, so Lawrence O'Keefe actually uh, is a is someone you might know from before i think we've talked about heather's the musical oh yeah uh, yeah so co-author with kevin murphy wrote heather's the musical which is also also bad boy the musical and bad boy the musical <laughs> yes which probably is lesser known um but definitely and then nell benjamin wrote with uh jeff richmond uh to for the yeah mean girls adaptation to musical adaptation to the stage Awesome. So also, amazing writers. He worked on a musical with Duncan Cheek of Because of Win Dixie. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Oh, that's so good. Look at that. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So um Nell has been nominated twice for Best Original Score for Legally Blonde and then again for In Mean Girls. So that's oh, awesome. I know. So good. Uh, yay. Okay. So I'm very excited to talk about uh, Legally Blonde, the musical. If you, I mean, Taylor, you have watched the the filmed version, the pro shot version, quote unquote. Um, so maybe tell me about your, your first experience knowing about Legally Blonde, the musical version, and what that was like. 
it's tough to say when I, I'm trying to look back and figure, obviously I knew the movie because I had seen the movie, I think before I knew about the musical, um, even though the, the movie came out, what, six years before the musical. And mm-hmm. so I, I mean, the musical came out when I, in 2007, so I was only 11. So I get, I, I just remember seeing the movie already. So I guess I saw it before I was 11, which seems pretty young now. Yeah. But, but I'm sure yeah. it was like a TV, like TNT version or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I realized that the other day where I was watching Legally Blonde, the movie for the first time, I think outside of TNT or ABC yes. Family. And I was like, wait, there. Yeah. And, and also oh. I have vivid memories of even watching the second one. Like it's very like mm. in my brain. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes the plot with the plot point with the professor hitting on her, I always forget. I'm like, oh yeah, mm. that happens. Like yeah. I always forget about it because I think when I saw it as a child, I didn't really know what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what was going on. Um, but I'm trying to... I, I definitely, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, I definitely remember watching The Search for Al Woods, which was the <laughs> show. And that was in, that must have been in. So uh, The Search, the Legally Blonde, the musical, The Search for Al Woods started in 2008. In 2008. Which we will definitely talk about. This is an MTV. So I don't know show. if I, I don't know if I, because the MTV filmed the, the musical the the pro shot so i don't know if i watched it live but i definitely remember watching the the search for l woods live so it must i must have like heard about the show and then like listened to it i definitely this was one of the this is one of the shows because it's the plot is basically the same as the movie it's very Mm -hmm. easy for me at least we've talked about this before how i have trouble listening to shows before i actually see them um Mm -hmm. but that I you can listen to the the album and pretty much get the whole plot because it's basically the same as the movie yeah and the songs are just so fun that um it's just such a fun score and 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 to listen to but yeah oh just I, I and then in and actually in 2012 when my family so my my you know for those peeking into a p- p- personal backstory on me um to you know to get personal my fam my brother went to a bible college in england for a year and my family and i were homeschooled so we for two weeks in my sophomore year of high school we i went to england and paris and france and everything and while we were in london we saw some shows in west end and one of them was legally blonde musical amazing i still have the the program and it's like a huge the program was like this big it's huge and wait pause for time i want to show rachel pause for time okay here it is wow oh <laughs> look my how gosh big it is. It, so it's here, ginormous we'll, we'll take a screenshot here rachel take a screenshot we'll post this on our social media ah, look there are all these photos inside yeah it's so big like like this is like a book yeah. i love all these cast see, photos. you can see here this is where signed elwood signed and then some other Sheridan Smith. Who was the L? Who was L Woods? I don't remember who it was. Let me let me look. Let me look. But she was a Carly Stenson was her name. Oh, um, she was amazing because I legit remember her um, her accent because she was British in real life, but she played mm-hmm. American, obviously. But you could not like literally her accent was so good. I American. love it. 
that after when we met her, she was so kind, so nice to us. After we met her uh, backstage, I legit was like, oh, you're British. Like I told her that. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, your accent was amazing. She was like, thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was so good. It was so Not good. little Taylor crying. Cause oh, it made me so. so cute. So this is such a fun like memory. It's such a fun show. Um, the guy who played Emmett or not Emmett, the guy who played Warner Huntington, Warner. the third. Thank you. Thank you. My, my brain was not working. The guy who played Warner was not good. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. But so fun. I remember my brother got a rum and Coke and he wasn't of age in America, but he was in England. So that's fun. <laughs> I love that. A vivid memory for you. Yes. Yes. And it was just, Shout out to, to that's why it was Reed. so fun too. It was just me and my brother and sister that went. Oh, yeah, bam, that bam. Cool. That's so cute. Oh, I love that. So what about you, Rachel? What about, what is your first, do you ever, I'm sure you have a memory when you saw the movie, but did you, yeah. see, do you remember when you first found the show? Yes, I do. And I think it was because of the MTV show, right. um, which we'll definitely talk about. I really, really want to talk about the show. And that's partly why I picked this musical, because there's just so much cultural relevance and the yeah. people. I want to talk about the cast. Yeah. I want to talk about the theater it was performed in. But I think, you know, so this came out in 2000, started in 2007-ish on, on, on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think that I was going, we were going to Broadway at some time between 2007 and 2008. We were going to New York, my mom, my cousin, and I, and I think it was the summer because I remember it being very hot. I have this photo of me and ginormous sunglasses that were like three times the size of my face (laughs) and a terrible haircut and a bright orange shirt. This was the time when like Hilary Duff and like all the like Lindsay Lohan and people would go to the Macy's in Times Square or not in Times Square, but in New York City and go to the teen floor and have belts over their tank tops and stuff. You know what I'm talking about, girls. So I know anyway. Oh, well, good. Tay also knows. (laughs) So it was that era of fashion, which was a terrible era. And we were going to New York and I was very excited. And the cast album of Legally Blonde had come out. And somehow or other, I don't remember how, but somehow one way or another, I had gotten the CD for Legally Blonde, the musical, before we went to New York. And I played it nonstop. This, I swear this was still before Laura Bob Bundy had left. So maybe the, the show, like the... the um, Search for the, was being filmed. Yeah, like maybe we were just getting teasers of it. I don't really know. Something was happening because I knew that was happening. The search for Elle Woods was happening. and But yeah, I still had this cast album. And so I loved it so very much. And I made my mom, we got to go see three shows with my older cousin, who is a boy, and me and my mom. And he picked Spamalot. Okay. So this is the time Spamalot was on yeah. Broadway. <laughs> which is a whole different show Mm -hmm. that we can talk about. And then I picked Legally Blonde. And then my mom picked this off-Broadway show called Alter Boys with a Z. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But we went to see Legally Blonde. And it was- Also, wait, pause. What a mid-2000s thing that the boys (laughs) is with a Z. I just have to say that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. 
I listened I recently listened to Alter Boys the cast recording on Spotify and it still slaps just in case anyone wants to know (laughs) very boy band-esque um it's so great but we went to see it and I think it was May 2008 or maybe later sometime right before the end of Laura Bell Bundy's run like I, I by the grace of the theater gods above I saw Laura Bell Bundy and Christian in the show. I remember we were sitting so far back, like literally to the right of a, to the, to the right of the sound booth in the light booth behind us in the back orchestra. I could barely see, but it was worth it. It was amazing. Yep. It was so good. That's amazing. So that was my, but my favorite part was I remember we were in the hotel room before seeing the show before we were going to go see the show and I'm playing out loud on some kind of speaker on some kind of CD the CD I had brought with the cast recording and my cousin goes aren't we going to go see that why are you listening to it whatever no shame no shame I was like listen um well I have this now I'm thinking I have this vivid memory every time I think I've been to New York like seven or eight times now but when I first went it must have been like 2010 or 2011 or no 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 it was it was it was before that because because legally blonde was there so it must have been 2008 or 9 um, yeah 2008 it must have been 2008 my i used to whenever we went i used to go to every broadway theater i saw i used to take pictures in front of it and one of <laughs> i love this just because i was like you know these are cool i don't know and one of them was Legally Blonde. I definitely remember like seeing the Legally Blonde theater and like taking a picture in front of it. So it must have been 2008. But That's amazing. Speaking of the theater, let's pause there and oh, say what theater. The theater that uh, Legally Blonde took to after its San Francisco run in 2007, it transferred to Broadway also in the same year and was in the, um, the Palace Theater. Mm-hmm. And it opened Which, on my birthday. What? It opened Amazing. on April 29, 2007, when I turned 11. Oh, <laughs> it was meant to be, Tay. So um, the Palace Theater, as I have just mentioned, I've been to to see Legally Blonde. But it also, most recently, pre right now it is currently under renovation. And I'm unsure if it will be called the Palace Theater once it's done. There's been this whole thing. It's a big theater. It was originally a vaudeville theater. um, And then eventually Broadway type musicals performed there, but not until like this late 50s, 1950s. I mean, this was like really later. It was a big show. It's actually on broad, like on Broadway, the Mm -hmm. road, the street. And so it's huge. And, and so I think that that's partly why they have a hard time getting shows in there and staying. So some really notable um, things I feel that have been there. It's Sweet Chariot in 1966. Um, Sweet Charity. Sorry. Oh, I was like. Sweet Chariot is a mix between Sweet Charity and Chariots of Fire. incredible guys I can't read sweet charity amazing I was too I was already on with uh Gwen Bernard I was like I can't Bob Fosse it's fine Bob Fosse and and dun 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 (laughs) it's a fire yeah 
everything is fine okay sweet charity in 1966 uh other things i think that are interesting that we're here was an adaption of man of la mancha in, in 1977 uh the 1979 uh oklahoma uh rogers and hammerstein oklahoma mm. was there uh 1994 beauty and the beast yeah which is so a beast Disney. It runs for a very long time after yes yeah. um what else is on here well, we have the 2012 um, revival of Annie. And then, of course, in 2017, your favorite. one of My favorite, favorite. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. Which will be the last show that runs at the Palace Theater if they change its name. Wow. Um, but it definitely, the they're renovating it so that it's more accessible. I think it's just, it's a very, I mean, you guys should look up the, what it looks like on the inside. It's very interesting. Um and definitely was made more for vaudeville and less for theater right. itself. Well, it's a so. big theater, 1,700 seats. That's a big theater for Broadway. So, yeah. You're right. Crazy. Yep. It's really, crazy. Really cool. So just in case you guys don't know, in 2008, MTV decided to create a cultural phenomenon And this was uh, the first time, I think, that they searched for a star for a Broadway show. I think think the Grease... Because Grease was after this. Oh, it was after. Okay. Yeah. Grease was after this. So um, Laura Bell Bundy had announced that she was going to leave. And they decided to make a show an mtv show which has eight episodes well actually i'm sorry i want to pause you yes tell me Greece actually was before greece was oh really greece had um the search for greece was before this with uh yeah i thought it was after it premiered january 2007 the auditions for greece were november 2006 and the first episode aired January 7th, 2007. The search what? For- Grease was first on MTV? Was- my mind is exploding. Yeah. No, Grease was on NBC. It was on NBC. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. So then they decided to do an MTV oh, program for yeah. Outwoods. Yeah. It's like Grease came first, and then they were like, oh, we should do But it seems like they both were kind of in pre-production at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. That's so funny here's why i know here's why i know okay wait going back okay so yes. good to know greece was first but it was on a different channel which i did not know because i'm you know wasn't paying attention so they're they're searching for the next l woods and so it's a reality show though so there's of course things where people get eliminated and you have to sing and there's this one clip and i will m- most likely find it for these show notes where seth radesky is making these girls run on a treadmill and sing the highest note in the show on pitch and it is like Talk about what my theater nightmares and dreams and aspirations were all at once. Hi, theater nerd listeners. This is Rachel. I just wanted to pause here and say that I have a terrible memory and clearly don't know how to use Google search because instead of treadmills, they're actually riding bikes while they're singing what you want. Uh, I encourage you all to click the link in the show notes uh, to watch this amazing, incredible, traumatizing video. It really had 
Taylor and I lolling so hard. I actively cried and I've seen it three times now uh, this afternoon. So just wanted to say it wasn't a treadmill. It was a stationary bike. And I apologize to all of the theater nerds who would have gotten that right. Okay, back to the show. But I want to say the reason I knew about the show, I'm pretty sure, is because of none other than Haley Duff, who was one of the the people on the show (laughs) helping. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'm pretty sure this was the time in our lives where we were watching MTV without our parents' supervision when we weren't supposed to. Right. And uh, My Sweet 16 was also, I think, around this time. And Hilary Duff sang the My Sweet 16 for that show. Um, And so then I I knew about things that were going to happen on MTV. Right. And this was one of them. Not a sponsor. So how did you find out about the show, Tay? Do you remember that? I, I honestly show? do not. I, I just wonder if I just knew about the musical and I mm-hmm. saw it like I saw it on. I don't I don't even know if my family had. I'm sure we did have cable back then, but I don't remember. But I, I do remember watching it with my sister, like watching the search for Al Woods. And I mm-hmm. think we like caught up with it. Like we were like a couple. It was already like a couple weeks in and then we caught up with it. But um, yeah, I mean, I remember watching the finale. I remember watching who won and I was like, what? <laughs> Even to this day, like recently, I, I like maybe a month or two ago, I like ran into like some clips of the finale, yes. and yeah. the finale when they perform the opening number and then positive mm-hmm. and then um, they do one more, I think. Maybe they do. Oh my God, you guys. So much better. Oh, they, so much better. They do those three. And even then I'm like, why did she win? I don't understand. I don't understand. So Bailey yeah. Hanks. Yeah. I think the won. other girl is a lot better, but that's just me. Uh, so the runner up was uh, Autumn Hurlbert. Hurlbert, who is, tw- who is eight years older and she did look older. She did look older. Yeah. Interesting. But- yeah. It was, I just find this concept so interesting here, like to have, Oh, interesting. Have a movie search. I mean, even with Grace, I found it really interesting. And Laura Osnes ended up winning, right? And that's how she. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, I just feel like this is, it's so interesting. Obviously, this was the time of show, contestant type shows. I mean, American Idol is still pretty big, losing interest, but they're trying to make, you know, people are trying to make good on riding on the wings of this kind of like contestant type show, reality contestant shows. Um, well, but it is so interesting for it to be a Broadway thing. Yeah. This is not how Broadway normally works. No, no. Well, it's interesting. Broadway, a lot of the time Broadway does do big open casting calls. So it's kind of like, but they doing- don't film it. No, that's the thing. It's, it's like doing that, but then filming it. <laughs> but then I think, I even think it was more stressful because I'm unsure if during a casting call, you have to run on a treadmill. <laughs> Yeah. And sing these songs. Like or, it just I remember them doing sit-ups on the those balls or whatever and trying to like jump up and down. There is this amazing, amazing song that is called Whipped Into Shape, which I highly recommend everyone watching the, the video of this. But it is, I think it's like three and a half minutes, maybe it's four minutes, possibly longer, where for at least two and a half minutes at the very end, 
everyone is jumping rope and singing. Mm-hmm. And there are people obviously probably off stage in the in the Broadway production who are helping sing who aren't on stage. But even still, Brooke Wyndham, who is the head person, it's a similar vibe of the anything goes tap number and then Sutton Foster singing. It's just like how, I don't know how you have that much stamina to get through that song. And also do it. And sing it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I used to jump rope outside to that song just to feel empowered. Yeah. I I would still do that right now. Honestly. I remember. So also something to note in 2011, Glee did Mm. Glee project on oxygen, not a sponsor, but on uh, the oxygen network and i definitely remember watching that because alex newell came from that did you know that yeah alex, yeah um and he yeah. didn't win but um that was a really fun type of re- like show too and it's just interesting we had these like you know early 2000s mid 2000s shows that that um that had these reality shows that wanted to find you know c- kind of like american idol-esque shows where they try yeah. to people to come and do the shows what is interesting about the legally blonde is that they the the show finished let me just the the mtv reality show finished on july 21st 2008 mm-hmm. Haley, uh, uh Haley bailey <laughs> bailey bailey hanks I know I switched her name. Bailey Hanks began her performances on July 23rd and then the show closed on October 19th, 2000. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a big success even. Didn't help. It didn't help people buy tickets. No. And I think they thought it would have, but I also yeah. wonder how difficult it was for her because it was her first thing ever. And yeah, how hard it, I'm sure it was extremely difficult to, do eight shows a week and be in this huge show and be the star and yeah so yeah but I also wonder I don't know how not that we're talking about Greece but I wonder how successful even that Greece revival was so oh probably not as successful honestly I mean I don't know I, I I think it's just it's hard to it's hard to say and I wonder if I think there's this um in between moment where you're want like wondering is this is this helping with the show as it is on Broadway or is this helping with the longevity of the show overall right. or the people like with Greece I feel like the people were helped overall like Laura Osnes like we know her now we know her name Bailey what has Bailey done right nothing yeah <laughs> well she's done stuff I'm sure but Lifetime we don't life. know her we don't know her yeah, yeah. I want to okay yeah. I want to talk about, if you're ready, I want to talk about the cast of the original Broadway production. I'd love to, love to. What okay. an incredible original cast. I just got to say. Yeah. Do you want to name some people? Well, we got, I mean, even starting with one of the Delta New um, chorus members, we have Annalie Ashford is just, and you can hear her on the album too. Even in, yeah. even in ensemble mem- uh, numbers, you can just hear her. It's amazing. Uh, we love Annalie Ashford. Yeah, and she opens the show, which is really fun. She's the first girl you see in the Delta New House. Mm-hmm. So fun. Just, uh, she's an, she's an incredible 
performer. I wish I'd yeah. never seen her live, but I would love to see her live one day. We have um, husband and wife duo, Andy Carl playing Car- Kyle, the UPS I man. I love it. Amazing. I love this. And then Orfe plays Paulette, husband and wife duo. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Oh. Guys, that's so cute. I love that. Amazing. Aww. I love it's that. It's so cute. So, and then we have the Professor Callahan. We have Michael Rupert, who is honestly a, a, a huge theater legend. But yeah. notably playing the original Marvin in Falsettos and Falsetto Land, which is also hilarious and interesting because the original Emmett, who of course we all know is Christian Borel, who has gone on to do such incredible work, you know, Smash. We got um, Peter and the Star Catcher. We have something rotten. Something rotten, but then also in the revival of Falsettos playing Marvin. So we have I love the that Marvin and then the revival Marvin, which is so cool. Uh, I love that. And then of course we've already talked about her a little bit, but the original Elle Woods being Laura Bell Bundy. I think she is what I love about her casting in the show is that she takes things from Reese Witherspoon, but also really makes it her own. It's really like a very different performance then it's not just copying what Reese Witherspoon did it's really making it um Laura Bell Bundy's original Elle Woods which I think is wonderful and something because you can't you can't not think that obviously people are coming to this show thinking about Reese Witherspoon because she's such a legend and but then also to like put your own spin on it even even honestly the casting of Christian Borle is like such a different kind of vibe than Luke Wilson and it's so different it's so different and I think that's interesting and really great on the casting director and the director and the and the whole creative team they did such a good job of like kind of giving little hints to the movie but then really telling them like hey you can make it your own too it I just really love it because I think that the the cast of this show at least in my opinion really it becomes a celebrity cast like they all not necessarily because of this but I feel are recognizable because of this and it's funny because they were nominated this show was nominated for six maybe seven Tony Awards seven Tony Awards and they none they won none right and they were not nominated for best original musical or best musical um this was the year where Spring Awakening won oh interesting okay Mm -hmm. So that's the context, but I think it's so interesting because you have these, it's just, obviously this is a very different show um, than Spring Awakening and it's not based off of, it's not original, original, neither was Spring Awakening, but like there's been a movie already of this that people know because it's really popular. And I think that's what drew people here Mm -hmm. to the show. Um, I think it's the same reason why people went to see Spam a lot at the same time. Yes. So I, but I really do love this, this musical. I, I, I think that the cast is amazing. And I also love, I love what you were saying, Taylor, how the direction of this musical really allowed everyone to make everything their own. There are a lot of one-liners in the actual show that are in the movie that, you know, you love, right? Like, um, about the happy people don't kill their husbands or, you know, endorphins or whatever. And then the frizzy hair and the perm, all that's still in here. Um, We're missing the, this is bruiser 
I'm Elle. This is Bruiser. We're both Gemini vegetarians. That's not in the musical. Um, but right, like a lot of things are this are similar <laughs> enough, but then there's also funny points that are new because of the musical right. that I love. Um but even like the and, bunny costume isn't like her going to the costume party, yeah. like, it's all in there. Yeah. So a lot of things are in there, but it's just they did it in such a way where it wasn't trying to be the exact same as the movie. Um but it was really well adapted, I think. I so. think so. I think it's unexpectedly good. Like you kind of think about like, oh, would Legally Blonde be a good musical? And then you go into it and you're like, wow. The, it's honestly, for me, it's the, the score is so good. It's so the, good. The book, the book and the score are so good because they work so well together. But these songs are just like almost everyone, like you can go through. And honestly, I don't think I would skip hardly any of them. Like maybe one. But yeah. <laughs> But all of them yeah. are really good. They're all great. Yeah. And- the best original score, the yeah. best original scores for this Tony nominations were obviously one, they won Spring Awakening, but Grey Gardens and Curtains were the other two nominees alongside Legally Blonde. Yeah. Well, so. and, and it's such a different, like we've talked about in our, in our Spring Awakening deep dive that, that, that score is also obviously incredible and every song is kind of a, banger in that you know yeah uh, uh, in that show as well it's just such a different thing so different right it's just like and I wonder I wonder the longevity right like what if this was a different year where this won those six Tony nominations it also was kind of that like now like and I think we'll talk about this at another point but now we're seeing the movie to musical adaptation is so popular right now mm-hmm. and so current, but this was still kind of early ish days. I, I mean, it's kind of always been there, but um, this was very early ish days of adapting yeah. a movie into a musical. And I think, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely stood the test of time, even even in, you know, in um, local and school productions, like it's a lot of people are doing it now. You see it done like, yeah, I've seen it been, you know, advertised in high schools all over. It's really fun to see a show like this have, you know, long legs. Like even we were talking about in our Tony's deep dive of like Into the Woods versus Phantom, like Into the Woods has such long, has had such long legs because it's been touring in regional theaters or school productions have done it. So it's just, it's, it'll be interesting to see in, you know, 50 years, I'm sure we'll still be talking about Legally Blonde because so many people will have been performing it. Yeah. And uh, they just revived it in 2022 uh, in the West End. So it's still around. It's a really, and then the Muni is doing that production, which is getting a lot of. They are. Yes. And and I I see it all over social media and it's getting really big buzz. So I think it's interesting. I always find it interesting that regional theaters can get away with, you know, do it. You know, there's that production of Beauty and the Beast that was done in Maryland last year where they had the African-American woman playing playing Belle and then, and she was plus size. And then they had the um, guy playing the beast. I wish I remembered their names, but the guy playing the beast where he had, he has one leg and just having very, you know, such a diverse cast and just even casting in general, usually you only see like skinny, good looking, you know, mm-hmm 
cisgendered people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is like, like, I feel like regional theaters can get away with doing whatever they want because there's not as much, you know, money in the production as much. Yeah. I think that they're selling something different, right? Yes. I think what's interesting here is um, Legally Blonde being a show that is clearly about a person who looks a certain way yep. and therefore is not able to be taken quote seriously that's the second song is called right. serious right so right like right and yet well even right, the song there are all these blonde, even legally blonde right song is right all about that yeah so there are just lots of things where i'm like oh this will be very interesting Right. To kind of to, to see how we continue to adapt, which I think brings me to one final question. Well, I have two final questions I wanted to ask you, Taylor, if you're ready. Oh, I'm so ready. I, okay. I have a question for you if it's different than than your. OK, question. so I want us to talk about our favorite song. OK, great. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> and then I have a follow up question also about one of the one or so of the songs. Okay. So I want, you go first. What is your favorite song? Okay. What is my favorite song? There are so many songs. So <laughs> just, many. Um, I think I have two favorite songs for very different reasons. So I'm just going to name and claim them. Love it. My favorite song, like to sing along with, to listen to 100% is Chip on My Shoulder. Yes. This song is seven minutes long (laughs) or something ridiculous. And it goes through many seasons of, of literally of the year of the calendar year, but it is one of my favorite songs. It shows the beginning of the romance between Elle and Emmett, but it also shows like, it's this, it's a moment of backstory where Elle is like, why are you, how, why are you acting like, this is so important. And he, right. and Emmett's like, because it is right. Like, because here's why in my life it is. And I just, I just, the song is actually really beautiful and it's fun and it's funny. And there's a mention of two in one hair shampoo and conditioner in the midst of it. And just, it's so great. So that's my also favorite a, song. a very different vibe song for the show. It really like, it really like, brings the a lot of the upbeat songs not them not that they necessarily sound the same but they're all kind of similar vibe I would say and this yeah. one is like a very different tone of the show and it really brings it into like just a different headspace which is really fun and different mm-hmm. and that, that that's how shows last is that they have not every song is the same like they all have different you know, depending on the character who's singing it, it's, it's just, it's really cool. I like that a lot. I love that. I like it. It's such a good song. I also like, it kind of acts as a montage, right? Like when Mm. you're watching a movie and there's like multiple clips of people of advancing the plot and you don't have to explain it all. So that's kind of what the song is acting as. And I really like that. And a similar song that I like for reasons Taylor kind of mentioned where it feels very different. I find it's hysterical. I cannot believe they kept it in the show and they reprised it. Um, But it just, it's so funny. I would not sing along to it. Honestly, it's probably sometimes the one song I will skip that and blood in the water, but this is Ireland and it is so good. It's so good, but I also and I think it's good for all the reasons you said earlier, Taylor, but it's a song that Paulette sings literally about wanting to be in Ireland and living there. And 
you it's it's like and then they it's one of those things that i'm sure it's like one line of dialogue in the movie and then they turn it into a whole song yes and it's just so so funny and i find it hysterical and yeah it's just it's also great to have a song that Elle isn't singing Elle sings so many of these songs she sings so many she's she's probably on the stage the whole time like honestly the into, i don't think she gets a break like i'm trying to think of a song she's not in even if she's not, ireland well she, but she's still on the stage she's still in. yeah it. whipped into shape she comes that's off true. the stage yeah, you're right for some of that yeah but she's on wow that's crazy uh, I love those two choices. You know, Ireland reprise is the one I skip. I, I skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've had a whole song of this. We're good. We had a whole song and then we literally reprised it right after everyone guys right after. And there was not it, in the original, um, in the original San Francisco production, there were obviously other songs that were listed, but Ireland and Ireland reprise were always back to back. There was never another song in between them. So funny. So funny. I mean, Paulette's an icon- iconic character. So. Yeah, she really is. Um, I kind of have like one I love watching the most and then one I love yeah. like singing the most with it. Okay, amazing. So one I love, well, and kind of two for watch. I Whipped Into Shape, I think is one of the most incredibly choreographed number, honestly, in like Broadway history. Like mm-hmm. it's incredible. The, mm-hmm. the stamina they have, like we talked about. The fact and the song is so much fun too. And but even the fact that they halfway through they pause it and she's just like sitting there because it's supposed to be like they're watching the video or whatever. And yeah. it's just amazing. It's amazing, it's amazingly well staged. It's so the choreography is incredible. I love it so much. Um, but then also they're right there That's with good. Like, I love you know, that. Or, or gay or European. Those two, those those two whipped into shape and they're right there are just so much fun to watch. And they're they're just so catchy. They're both just so catchy. They're both really catchy. Yeah, yeah, very catchy. But the one I love singing the most, and every time Rachel knows this, I every time I go on a long car or even short car rides, I have a whole musical playlist, and I just hit shuffle, and I go. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll skip like four or five, and then I'll get to one. I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to sing that. Oh yeah, this is it. And my wife literally hates it because she's like, this is like musical ADD. I cannot do this. It'll be like (laughs) Avenue Q, and then like (laughs) Ragtime. I love it. I have this too. And so every time this song comes on, I never skip it. And that's Take It Like a Man. It is so- I love it. It is such a fun song to sing. And obviously, like, Emmett's in my range, so I love singing it. <laughs> helps. That helps. It's so fun. And it's oh, it's just amazing. It's it such- is fun. That, that, to me, is similar to um, Chip on Your Shoulder. It's one of those songs that's, like, technically doesn't have to be there, but it mm-hmm. really advances the relationship between Emmett and Elle. And it really shows, it's just such a great song. It's so good. So good. This is when they're in the department store and, and she's like giving him a makeover, which is really cute. It's so cute. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask actually, Taylor, you mentioned one of the songs I wanted to ask about. So there right there is the title of a song mm-hmm. um, that is close to the end of the show it is during the trial and they're trying to figure out if one of the persons who's like testifying is 
gay or not, (laughs) because they are saying that the the person who's testifying is saying like he had sexual relations with the other person and therefore blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's why they could be committed of murder or something or other, whatever committed for murder whatever. So the song is a entire conversation about whether this person is gay or European. And so my question, Taylor, thinking back now, I mean, in 2007, it felt like a lot then, but mm-hmm. when you think about it in 2022, I mean, we did have a revival on the West end production. Like, is it okay? Is it funny that we say these things because we know it's a joke and it's being played off as a joke. And like this whole musical is about perception and like people's, the, the falsities of people's perception, or is it like, maybe we should find different lyrics for this song or like, you know, I just, I have some questions about what your thought is about, about the song. Well, I'll say one thing. It's also, it's playing off the movie because I think they say that it is. in the movie. They do, yes. I'm not saying absolutely. that that's right. I'm just saying at least it's not, it's, um, you know, they're originally taking it from the source. Yeah. That it came from. Yes. And yes. then two, like, I know the director, Jerry Mitchell and the choreographer, I know he's gay mm-hmm. and I'm sure they had a lot of other gay actors in the show and I'm sure mm-hmm. and, not that I want to assume anyone's sexuality, but I'm sure the the character who played him was, I wonder if he was gay. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they just had a lot of discussions about it beforehand of like, what is this like? And I'm sure they tried it out like before, you know, when they were out of town and, and it probably, again, it, 2007 is a very different time than 2020. Yeah. So, but it, it seems to me definitely, again, we're speaking from a white, straight cisgendered male point of view that I am but it seems like one of those things that everybody thinks in their brain like oh is that Mm. person gay or European and then but then they're just actually saying it out loud and they're Mm -hmm. actually which is interesting and I think that that kind of some definitely oftentimes breeds for good comedy is the thing that everybody's thinking but then they're actually saying it like that's really funny um but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, but again, I'm sure maybe there are some people that could be offended by it, but I don't know. I don't necessarily find it offensive, but it's not, I'm not the demographic that would find it offensive. Mm-hmm. So I can't really speak on that, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it's more special, like it's, it seems the spirit of the show is that it's, it's all in good fun is what it's is what it feels like to me but again I, I'm not sure I, I wonder yeah. what people in you know the LGBTQ community or the you know people that are European community and <laughs> that community what how they feel about it because that mm-hmm. is I mean that kind of is a unfortunate stereotype is that if you're you know from Europe or from that region you could be you know stereotyped is that you are homosexual even if you're not so mm-hmm. I mean even on Gilmore Girls like one of my favorite shows ever the guy who plays the the Michelle character is from France and everyone they never talked about it in the original run of the show that he was gay mm-hmm. but then in the revival he is gay so they never mm-hmm. talked about it but they just he was just this French guy that you know liked different feminine things and then all of a sudden he in the revival he is gay so it's just interesting that the, even that 
conversation is interesting. I'm, I don't really know where I stand. I mean, I don't find it offensive, but that doesn't mean it's offensive. So it's not offensive mm-hmm. to other people. So what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, I, I think something that's interesting is a lot of Broadway shows are offensive, right? Like a whole point of theater is to, in some ways be offensive. It, the question is, are we doing it in a way that breeds conversation or breeds comedy that is like a play on things or is it be breeding something else? I mean, Avenue Q, the whole show is offensive. Book of Mormon, technically it's all offensive to certain certain people. I mean, like there are a lot of things that are right. spring awakening, right? There's lots of things that are offensive, quote unquote. I think my question is more of like, is this a culturally relevant conversation anymore, right? Like this is not a big plot point, right? I mean, it is, and it's a great song and it is really funny as a not, as an LGBTQ person, as a queer person, who's not a man who's gay. I also think it's funny, but like, this isn't me. That's not me. I'm also not European. I, I, I found it so funny as a kid. I mean, I died laughing at that song all the time. And like, I, I will still laugh at that song. I think my question more is, you know, I guess I'm getting to a point where I think about what does it look like to continue to do shows when we know that maybe there's a better punchline or something better that we could be doing. Um, and I find, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot post my Oklahoma experience, um, because I just felt like they did such voicemails coming soon on our, on our Patreon. Literally. I just feel like they did such a good job of not changing anything, but changing it right? Like, but changing the tone. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if like, maybe there's some dialogue that people add into the show right at the beginning or like during the trial or like when they interject culturally funny points in the, in the song, like they did in the original that maybe they're different. And so like the song maybe doesn't change, but maybe the tone of it changes or something. Right. So it just, it's something I'm thinking about. I don't, once again, like the whole plot of the entire m- musical is offensive because it's about a blonde person like getting in like thinking people perceiving one person one way and them not actually being that way but them having enough money I mean there's so many things like the um song about (laughs) about her getting into like what you want where she goes and talks to her parents about getting you know into harvard law school like that's what she wants and her parents are like why don't we just give you a new nose right they're very la that could be very offensive to la people so it just i i didn't mean for it to be like anything offensive needs to leave i just find it interesting that this song in particular feels like it was fit for a certain time and now i wonder is it anymore when we think about like stereotypes within the the gay community Maybe yeah. this isn't funny anymore. Um, so yeah, I think it's just interesting all, to think it about. It also depends. I, I don't know. Part of me thinks too, like it, like the spirit of the show, it isn't necessarily degrading that community. It's still, it's just, it, it is just a, a, a It's just talking about, the, it's more like just talking Both about stereotypes. The yeah, it's it's saying like these things could be the exact same yes, thing. Exactly. And this is not the only show that does this right. in any means. Right. Right. I just was I was I've been thinking about it as we we yeah. see this 
production as we think about longevity of shows and what does it mean also to like perform something knowing that the the original stuff was done at a certain point like when we go and watch older shows like when I saw boys in the band or whatever that was written you know 40 some years ago right at least the word choices that they use are not something we would use now but they still chose to say those words and and have those actions and in your mind you know because you're going in seeing a show it's set in a certain period and I think we're having this moment where so many think we will understand a lot more about how things are perceived and what people's actual lived experiences in the between 2000 and 2020 I mean there's been a lot of like even like I would say between those two decades there's been so much but it doesn't feel like oh I'm going to see a show that's 20 years old Right. right when you go and see legally blonde it still feels like you're stepping into the same kind of culture until you realize you're not yeah. and so i wonder if that also changes it um well, but I, I mean all mm-hmm. well i wonder what these two production the muni production and then also the west end production how yeah. they're addressing it i wonder if they're just keeping it the same or if they're actually adding you know doing something different with it i mean even looking at the new revival um of company company there's a lot they they changed but then also there's a lot they kept the same i mean yeah even i watched in watching the pbs documentary um there's there's characters lines that they they changed a lot of things but then there are some that it's exactly the same as it was in Mm -hmm. the 70s and that just shows the relevance of it is still the same but then uh, yeah I don't know it would be it's just interesting it's an interesting conversation because especially with something with comedy because comedy is so of the moment a lot of the time mm-hmm. and sometimes when you when it ages it doesn't age well it doesn't comedy. Right. you look back on I've seen those SNL skits from before and I'm like exactly. ah. right. Or yeah, sometimes there's a movie comedy that comes out in the '90s, and it's you look at it now and you're like, "Ooh, that did not like that's mm. not funny." Anymore. <laughs> it doesn't land anymore. Yeah. yeah, and I I I like having the conversation because theater, when you watch those movies, you know they were recorded at that point, and theater is that weird liminal space sometimes, and right. I think it's really interesting. But I I love this I love this musical. It is one I still have the CD of. It is one I regularly listen to start to finish. Yeah. It is just, it's so great. And I I recommend everyone to listen to it, to watch the MTV Pro Shot that we'll put in the show notes. One of the better movie to musical adaptations for sure. I would agree. One of the, one of the most unexpected. Yeah. Better. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. which is basically the show. It's, you're coming into it. It's It's the theme of the show is, you know, I'm this blonde woman that mm-hmm. shouldn't go to Harvard, but then you're also going into the show like, oh, legally blonde, should that be a musical? And then it's great. So, and then it's so good. And you're like, yeah. Exactly. I want to share with you before, as we close, just some fun facts I just found while we were talking. Yes. Yes. Um, Laura Bell Bundy admit the scene that was the hardest to perform was the party scene when she dressed up as the Playboy Bunny because the reason is that the outfit was very tight and made her have to pee the entire time she was. 
I think is hilarious. And then also the L's quick change during Oh My God, You Guys, which is also a great number, hmm. um, is done with magnets. So the second dress underneath is there the whole time. Wow. I was wondering how fast that quick change was. It's really cool because I remember they talked about it in the in the reality show, the quick changes, hmm. um, which is really cool. That's amazing. I love that. So fun. And it was Annalise, speaking of fun facts, it was Annalie Ashford's debut. Broadway debut. Mm-hmm. Ugh, what a national treasure. So good. Hey, thanks for talking about Legally Blonde. Yay, I- I'm so glad. Yay. I loved it. Yay, Legally Blonde. Now I need to go back and watch the MTV. When TV. are we going to get Reese Witherspoon on Broadway? Hmm. 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 <laughs> hmm. Reese, we see you. Oh. Uh, she lives somewhere around me, not that far from that's me. That's true. That's true. I'll just go campaign at her door. Yeah. Race. You won't mind. Come to Broadway. All right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Let's do it. Our full day work week this week. What a time. Our four day work week. I know. What a time. Although last week I had a three day work week because of. Mm craziness happening in your household yeah um okay so character of the week this is a segment where taylor and i pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week so we think how are we feeling and what theater character embodies those feelings Mm. and introspection we look we look inside ourselves and say what character are you we look in the mirror and we say what character who is that girl i see staring back at me exactly we're just Mulan every week. Every week. Actually, we start with Mulan, yep. then we ruminate. Yep, absolutely. Uh, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion, either on Legally Blonde or yeah. uh, Legally Blonde the Musical or uh, of your character of the week, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Rachel. How about I go first this week? Please tell me what your theater character is this week. So my theater character this week, as you guys know, last week I mentioned my wife had been a little under the weather this week. We've been spending a lot of time together. You know, last weekend we had that four day weekend. So, and because she wasn't feeling well, we, we binged a lot of show. We watched the new time travelers wife show. We watched, we binged through all of Ted Lasso I had already seen it and that and oh, it's incredible. So we've just been spending, and it's honestly, it's been very refreshing and just nice to get a break and sit down and like do, you know, the fold laundry and get things done and, and also take care of her. Um, so I am just really in love with spending time with my wife. And so I am this character who really loves their significant other so much that he would murder for her. And I'm Clyde Barrow in Bonnie and Clyde, the musical. I mean, just incredible. I don't know if I would go that far, but that's, I I feel like I'm loving my wife as much as Clyde loved Bonnie. So. (laughs) That's amazing, Taylor. I'm crying. That's amazing. I love that. Amazing. Good job. thinking about my Bonnie. Oh, I love that song. Oh my gosh. Oh, amazing. I Rachel, can't wait for your, your wife to tell you. Yeah. Oh, um, I can't wait. Sorry. I can't wait for, for your wife to hear that and be like, okay, listen, listen yeah. now. 
<laughs> setting some ground rules. Yep. Um, yeah, as of recording this, I'm currently in the Washington, D.C. area for a work mm. event. I'll be there all week. I am managing the ins and outs logistically of the program. And I was reminded of this other person who's been managing ins and outs of an entire big place uh inspired by our conversation about legally blonde um one of the characters or one of the actors played this character later on um and this week i'm just i'm feeling a little willy wonka i'm feeling like willy wonka welcome to my factory oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) imagination in dc Basically, DC is the factory and I'm Willy Wonka. Perfect. Yeah. We won't talk about the maybe child labor laws that he (laughs) does with with their Oompa Loompas. Yeah. (laughs) We won't talk about it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Go Christian Borough. Yeah. Um, Honestly, that revival was way too short-lived and is a good soundtrack also. No, I didn't see it. That's why it was short-lived. Um, if you guys would like to join but us, soon to be Timothy Chalamet. I'm so excited for that movie, and and it has um, um, Olivia Coleman too. In oh, it. I am so excited! I know, I know. Uh, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion on you know bl- the blood in the water, or uh, or you know tell us your characters of the week. Uh, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, of course, and on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> Looks like it's gonna...